Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. And if he needs to flex and he needs to throw down, he's going to do it. I don't like it. It sucks. No one can say where he's going. Well, I'm going to say. What up, everybody? Welcome to Title 24, presented by NBC Sports, RCRV, coming at you. We got a great show for you today. Before we get going, of course, like always, got to thank our partners, United Motorsports, Quadlock Case, and Boxo USA. We appreciate you guys and uh, great companies. Thanks for uh, uh, enjoying jumping on us for this awesome ride. But uh, RV, we're going to step right into it. You were there this weekend. I was there, a um, little uh, Southwick recap, and we got a different format for you guys. We're going to implement some of the fan questions in to uh, our analysis. But uh, I think the biggest thing for the 250 class, we'll just jump right in it. Dude, another DNF by uh, uh, Hunter. Yeah, you know, huge bummer. We all know going to Southwick is, um, look at the bike, just pulling off the track here, laying it on his side, smoking um this was literally guys this was like two to go you can see him there with the frustration um southwick is always one that you go to and if if you don't have all your ducks in a row and that means from the rider standpoint from the team standpoint not to say they didn't but um i believe years ago when i was racing andrew short had a had a dnf also from you know he was on a factory honda also this track is so treacherous on bikes clutches Totally. Um, totally. I mean, if you don't manage these 250Fs, um, if you don't manage and kind of try to stay out of the deep stuff, not that Hunter was trying to get into that stuff, but um, it, man, it's so hard on the motorcycle. And as you see, with two laps to go, um, it let go on him. And it's such a bummer because, um, you know, had a, had a decent race going for him. I was actually over... Um, got to speak with Hunter and jet the, the morning of, uh, of Saturday and still dealing with a little bit of soreness in the ribs there from, okay. from his, from his yeah. first turn crash, you know, at red yeah. So yeah, just a huge upset. Okay. So, uh, our, how we're going to implement some fan questions. This, this first question comes and it basically kind of, um, tails off of what you're saying. Uh, it comes from Riley Stevens, 56. He says, how does Hunter's mindset change? now to suit the situation he's in that's a great question by the way what do you think rv so like what do you do what do you do to, to riley's question you know i think so being that we have we're, we're dealing with a with a very smart individual not that hayden's not but like a very seasoned um hunter lawrence and then we have a rookie hayden deegan um i think hunter has to just get back up on the horse and know that hey that was a bike issue 
Um, you know, it wasn't his fault. We got to just keep doing what we're doing. We got to put ourselves in good starting positions because if Hunter starts up in the top five, he's out of trouble. He is going to make his way up to podium position, if not more than likely win the race. Now, the flip side to that is, is, is Hayden right now, right? Sitting in the position he's in with six point lead. Um, I would say he has a majority of the pressure on his shoulders, in my opinion, because now it's, can Hayden take this down to the last round of Supercross? We have Hayden with 218, Hunter Lawrence down five, RJ Hampshire down 13. That's, um, dude, it's tight right there. There's a lot of guys, a lot of guys back up in the mix. It is uh, up to us, up to Justin Cooper with down 22. So we have the the first, the the top five here um, within championship striking distance. And so, yeah, I think that uh, Hayden, Hayden, if Hayden can keep this thing coming down to get it down to the last round. What I mean by to the last round is not with a, with a, with a shot to win with like, Hey, we're 24 points down. Gotta keep it inside of eight to 10, you know, right. because now that keeps the pressure on Hunter. We, you know, we've already seen a bike issue, right? So that's total bummer can happen any, and to any one of these guys. And then that being said also, um, you know, if, if just, if, first turn whatever the case may be if it's within eight with if it's in with it within 10 now you have a real shot 24 to me is is pretty much out of the game yeah i mean dude yeah it's like basically like a roll of dice and you're exactly right i mean dude if he keeps himself in the game to your point exactly and he's only that you know that five to eight points where you can get a few guys in between and i think those other guys like shimoda justin cooper and keep your eye on justin cooper dude he's pretty consistent i think if if those guys start getting in there between Hayden or Hunter, that that's to your point. There's that five to eight points that could could make you a champion or, or bump you out of championship position. Exactly. So very, very critical, critical times. And obviously Hunter's just got to rebound, really. I mean, we know he's 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 fit. We know he's fast. We, you know, especially once the the days and the in the weekends kind of click by with uh with the soreness in the ribs after Red Bud. Um, not to mention we do have two weekends off coming up here relatively soon. So yep. that's going to be a big factor too with everybody when that plays into everybody's factor, but we already know that Hunter's dealing with something from Redbud, So he'll be able to reset regroup along with everybody else. And then they come back out for the, for, for the last stint. Yeah. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and you know, my, what, what I think Hunter should do also. And I, I, I would think that you would agree is now that he's lost those points. Now he really has to execute. And you talk about putting yourself in the right positions all the time, being in the right spot and avoiding any type of chaos is, you know, that there's some things you can't control, but this, this now he really, there's a lot more emphasis on that because we're getting towards the end of the season and you just don't have time to make up from those whatever might happen, you know, those DNFs or mechanicals or being in the wrong place at the wrong time. So, I mean, it's going to get it's going to get interesting. And then in another thing, too, you got these guys like Justin Cooper. I, I talked to a couple of these guys after the race, RV, and they're thinking like, dude, we're back in this thing. Like before coming into the last two rounds, we're like, ah, we don't it's, it's, I'm pretty much out of it. But now they think that they have a fighting shot. So those guys are probably going to ride a little bit harder, going to ride a little bit more aggressive. I'm guessing they're probably going to put up a little bit more of a fight against a guy like Hunter. I still feel like Hunter is in the driver's seat. And the reason that I say that is because he was a little faster than Hayden all weekend, both motos, and he just he lost that. And I just I still think from a speed perspective, 
consistently, Hayden needs to make that ne- next next jump. I I, think. Uh, I agree. I, I agree. Actually, if you go and look at, I know Hayden had uh, it overall wasn't 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 um, a really bad weekend, but honestly, no. it wasn't it wasn't a great weekend. I know um, running around. I think around uh, for quite a while there was eighth, ninth, tenth. You know, like Southwick's mm-hmm. a very tough track. You know, I know he hasn't. Um, I don't think he has raced this. There he goes going down here. Was able to get up, get back up really quick. But um, I know he's raced, rode it, or raced it as an amateur. But now, when you come here for for the big show for pro motocross, and not to mention, guys, it was very, very hot that first moto. I think it was probably the hottest one they've seen this year. Um, all this playing playing against, call it the rookie and and the rookies that are out there. Never seen Southwick before at a real pro motocross. It's a whole different ball game, and and yeah. and, and and then you add, add the heat to that. So honestly, he didn't ride as well as he has in the past, but he's mm-hmm. still there. He's clicking Maybe. his laps off. He's inside the top ten, and now you see the gift that was given from with Hunter's bike. You know, yeah, um, you know, pulling out. You know, was but, uh, but like Supercross, you gotta you gotta be there, dude. Kudos to him. He was there. Yep. He was able to take advantage of it. We saw it in Supercross and the Premier class. Dude, like throw shade if you want to the kid, but he was in the position to take advantage of someone else's misfortune. He is. Yep. So, so, um, you know, back to that. Yeah. I think Southwick was a very tough one for a lot of these guys, as, as you could see, but no, he came out with uh with a six point lead in the red plate. So, you know, let's see if he can keep the pressure on till the, down this, down the last straight. Dude, it was really cool, and I think overall, and and it's easy for me to say this now because the weekend's over. But Vial looked really, really good this weekend. Just yes, he looked, he, didn't he? He, I mean, he yes. looked in control. I think, yeah. I mean, you you were you were on the track a little bit harder to watch, but dude, he just never looked like he was on the rivet ever, and like he was pushing it too hard. Obviously, he was trying for sure, but dude, he just looked cool, calm, and collected, right? Like, no, um, he, I, I listened to press conference and, you know, coming from Europe, you know, I know they've uh, rode places like Europe and, and Lomo, which I have a bit of experience with that. And, and Southwick is something definitely different, um, than, than, um, uh, somewhere like, uh, Lomo or, you know, Sardinia, places like that, that they have in Europe. He got such a start. The second moto right here, if you get for the people that are watching, he had a bike length in front of everybody. Um, but no, he looked calm, cool, collected. And he honestly at press conference, he said, he goes, it, it, I thought it was rough, but it wasn't, it wasn't terrible. He, he, they call them waves over there. And he goes, they weren't really big, deep waves. Southwick typically is a little hard, harder pack, a little, uh, sharp, very sharp bumps and choppy. Yeah. To your point, Ricky. And, um, so yeah, rode a hell of a race, got his first overall win, um, and I could see a difference in his riding from first moto to second moto after getting that win, his first win, like he came out swinging in moto two. So I think we're going to see a different Tom Biel the rest of the season. Ah, that's good. Well, there you go. Cause uh, Alex McLean wrote in, he's like, since Tom won his first race, do you believe there's more to come? And boom, there you go. You just, I do Alex, uh, our man RV is, is on the mission. He, uh, he answered your question. Appreciate you. Uh, Appreciate you, you you asking the question and uh, that dude that's awesome. I, I I agree with you. I think him being a past champion uh, in MXGP and MX2 class that he is one of those dudes that okay I know the pace and I know where I need to be. You get that winning feeling back and I, I expect to see him up there a, a lot more as well. So 
and and I think that's like to your point. Like he is a past. He's a two-time MXGP um, champion already in in the lights class, right? So we're not dealing with a, you know, we're dealing with a rookie in in the U.S., but we're not dealing with a with a European, but also a rookie. All both of those being rookies, first time, first time pro, um, or first first uh, first time coming to the big show, and then also a rookie in the U.S. We're only dealing with one of those now. It's yes, it's his first season in the U on the U.S. soil racing. But he's a very he's a veteran when it comes to knowing what it is for the going in for the long haul, traveling the world. Um, he's a two time, you know, MX two champ. So um, I think he's got a lot going for him, and I do think we're gonna we're gonna see some some better things out of him before this season's over. Oh, certainly, it's gonna be gonna be a lot of fun. I think people say Washougal is super costly. It's jumpier, but do you feel like Washougal would be a good track for Tom, or, or not really? Um, so I haven't seen Tom, um, with hard pack, but I think Washougal is, a, is, is more of a slippery is more of a technical track. Guys like Marv do have done well there in the past. Um, uh, guys like myself or you that kind of like hammer down. I think we, yeah. that place is one of the harder places for us to ride. Um, so, so I do think that with his European background and the di different tracks that they've rode, um, I only imagine now that I'm guessing that he is going to be good on hard pack in that slipperier condition. So I think he, I do think he'll be a threat, um, could be a threat there at Washougal. I don't know how, like, I don't know if people realize just how close it was to Justin Cooper winning that overall. I mean, dude, it was like a lap and a half away. He, he caught up to Joe, right? And then he was behind Joe. And then I think Joe pushed that left-hander out uh, just a tad and then as he was coming through, just the front and gave away or the berm got blowed out. But, dude, I think he was going to pass him. I really think he was within that next lap and a half. I think he had it. Justin was on. He man, he rode. He got great starts, both motos. And, yep. um, man, his his initial speed. I mean, I would talk about first moto. His initial speed. Like, he – Tom was able to hold him on, on be, be honest with him for, for quite a while. Um, but – Justin just kept inching away and inching away. And pretty soon he had a nice five, six second gap on him and, and ended up just laying it over. But, uh, but yeah, nonetheless, I think another one, Justin Cooper is, is going to be able to, um, you know, I think we're going to see some, some, still some good things to come from him, you know, that going to throw a wrench in the program. Like you said, these guys are, they got their second wind because none, no longer yeah. are is, is second place, 25 points yeah. down. Now, cool. you know, it, the whole thing has been flipped upside down. 100%. It's going to be it's going to be good. And the one thing keep, everyone keep this in mind, dude, you talk about an average and starts. Justin Cooper is a really 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 good starter. And now that he knows uh that uh that that he's back in the game, I I think that's going to help him and also I had an opportunity to talk to him after the race and I mean, he's still pretty pretty bummed about what went down of when he basically lost his, his best shot at the championship at Washougal. Uh, was it, was it last year, I believe, or the year before, remember when he was, he yeah. hurt his hand or his thumb or uh, something like that. Yeah. And Jet ended up beating him. Maybe it was 20, maybe it was 21. I can't remember, but uh, he's still pretty bitter about that. Not bitter, but he, he wants another crack at it. So he's got his opportunity. Um, before we before we move on to the 450, so I had an opportunity, RV, to talk to some of the engine guys, and I talked about this on the broadcast, and I never knew this. It's pretty interesting. So I was kind of blown away at how 
how Hunter smoked his engine because he's so efficient, right? He yeah, rides yeah. bike, doesn't over rev it. But some of the engine guys were telling me that when you ride it, when you ride in the meat of the power and the low RPM and you're using full torque, you're basically maximizing the traction that it actually cooks the engine more than someone over revving the bike and riding it at a high RPM. And it kind of blew my mind, you know, mm -hmm. I was like, how did he, how did he torch his engine when he doesn't ride at a high RPM? And, and so I got to thinking about it when these guys told me, I'm like, wow, it does kind of make sense. The engine has more load. You got more traction. The tire's not spinning as much. There's there. Yeah. Basically it's, it's, there's more load on the engine. So it would heat up more rather mm -hmm. than over revving. That, that was interesting. Have you, did you know that? Um, no, I guess I've never been explained to it like that, but yeah, I could see how riding it in the meat of the power and always having the, you know, maximizing the horsepower to the ground ratio, I guess, instead of, like you said, on the, on the, um, on the rev limiter a lot, you know, potentially I doubt Hunter did, but maybe he was abusing the clutch a little bit more, you know, things like that, that drives the temperature through the roof. I really doubt it because they're, yeah. you know, he's very precise. Um, you know, I'm not taking a, a crack at Honda here, but Honda's Honda's tends to to build their motorcycles maybe a little on the um, lighter side. I mean, you rode there, you know, like it seems like in the past, um, you know, like Southwest knocked knocked a lot of guys down. But it, it, in, to my memory, I know Shorty had an issue there. Now you see an issue with with Hunter. And now, by the way, this was over 10 years ago with shorty. So it's, I'm just, this is what's just coming up into my mind, people. So, right. so fans, right. So, so, you know, it's not like they ran it through last year everything was good, you know, things like that. But um, maybe it's just a, a case of a, of a, of a lighter, better part, but at that temperature, you know, had an issue. I don't know. You know, I'm just, look, we're out of, we have a podcast here. We have to speculate. We got to keep these fans going for more. And, uh, that's what I'm here to do. So, yeah, I mean, I, dude, yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. It's crazy. And dude, remember he had a problem at, at Mount Morris in practice, pushing his bike off. Remember when it was real yep. thick and muddy and it, I don't know if it was a free practice or what it was, but so you think about it, he got lucky. He dodged one there. He, it, he had a exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 that's what keeps the lights, especially the lights class. So interesting. You know, you don't see these things happen in the 450 class. Very, I mean, it's very, very rarely do you see an issue like this um, in the 450 class. And, and uh, you know, now we're looking back, it happens, happens in the 250 class a lot more. Um, and it happened to happen to the, to the points leader. Now a huge upset and with danger boy was six, six point um, lead now with the red plate. So man, yep. from a stand, from a fan's perspective, like you really couldn't. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney world? Like, Hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play at Walt Disney world resort. eBay motors is here for the ride with some elbow grease and a whole lot of love. You transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. 
Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory-smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Ask for any more. I mean, no. um, you know, you got got a rookie leading the championship. I don't think is happened in, in quite a few years, maybe back in 2012. I think it was yeah. Kenny was a rookie with that was mm-hmm. leading the championship. So um, I mean it's not not no better time to 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 start watching uh pro motocross and supercross right now. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. Um switching gears 450, of course, Jet does it again. And <laughs> I, I, I think that after you know like at, after listening to the broadcast here we go this is the start of the second uh second was it the second no that's the first moto of the 450 when actually chase got the whole shot and then yep. quick or a jet makes a quick pass uh by and just kind of rolls out there but uh so this this guy writes in or this person writes in and he asked a question corza 771 and he says rv do you think jet was playing with chase um you and i had a conversation off air actually yesterday and uh you had some pretty good uh you had some pretty good insight do you think he was i wouldn't call him playing with him like what do you think he was doing do you think he was riding hard answer our man Cor- uh corza 771's question yeah no thanks for the question corza 771 no i you know so i do think that um, with the temperature that we had this weekend, like I had, uh, you know, I could see and talk to some, some people close to his group and he's like, yeah, that second moto was, was a tough one, you know, like towards the end of it or at the end of it, you know, standing on the podium is like, dude, I'm yeah. smoked, you know? Yeah. And, and, um, you know, that's, that's par for the course. First time at Southwick on a 450, um, you know, racing chase for and Dylan and, and those top guys. But yeah. honestly, I do think if jet really had to, if he was, Here's the thing. That question is very hard to answer because he's got a po- he's got a big points gap. Now you yeah. put this into a situation where he's only got say 10 on chase. Does does he hang it out? I do think he's got more in the tank. I think he was probably riding around at you know 90 to 95% certain times, you know, like I think certain sections and certain laps of the of the race like we watched him come out to start there, get behind chase and then immediately, you know, rocket right up in front of chase before that top sweeper um, just to reassure the fact that he was going to have the lead on that first lap, like he sent it in there and you could see, um, yeah. how fast he came in there compared to normal. So I do think that he, he was riding around at 90, 95% at, at times, um, right here, just, just yeah. rockets right in front of him. You know, like, you know, chase was up on the outside, but, it, uh, jet saw a hole and just, you know, sent it in there fully he in did. control. So my point is, is I do think that he has, I guarantee you, I bet he could ride three, four, five laps at that pace we just saw there that to make the move on Chase. Yeah, I think I think and I, I think we're like playing with him. Mm. I think that comes I missed the call on that. I should I, I used the wrong word of like playing with him. And I talked about this in Supercross. I really truly believe this, RV. Like Jed is a guy, if he can ride 80% and he can keep these guys at bay two to three seconds. Dude, that that's all he's gonna do. I and if he needs the flex and he needs a throw down, he's gonna do it. So I I shouldn't have said playing. 
that that was the wrong word. And that's probably where like Corza was asking like playing. So I would call it, and, and maybe you would too, just managing his gap and just doing what he needs to do to keep that there. And that's where it was interesting because Stu and I was going back and forth and I'm like, this is going to be interesting to see when the 23 was catching him. It just seems like all of a sudden he just starts pulling away. And James is like, well, Chase had a bad lap and then Jet got it right that time. So it was like a, a perfect combination, but then Jet kept going and kept going. That works yeah. for one lap, you know, a bad lap and a good lap on, on opposite laps, right? That works for, for one lap, you know, but if, if, you know, you keep going, you keep putting a couple tenths on them, half a second, a second, a lap or whatever yeah. the case may be. And you yeah. run and you string three, four or five laps together he like did that. that. He did that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. to me is, is, you know, he, to your point, I only think they, they exert the energy and the, and, and what they need to at those certain times. And it may be the something, something the smallest thing where you see something on Vital MX or somewhere where somebody's talking a little smack on him, and he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna beat this dude down." And uh, you know, that's something that just you know these athletes, you know, they get something to light a little fire underneath of them, and just like that, he could go out and lay it down, right? And like, yeah. I'm gonna show these guys, I'm gonna show this guy what's up, you know? Yeah, so, and I, I'm, dude, I'm, I'm with you. So. Yeah, like I said, I'm not, he wasn't playing with him, but I, I do think he just manages it. And this is what, so I got my own question for you, RV, and I ain't going to win no quad lock case. This was, this isn't good <laughs> enough. So I, I, this is what I wrote. Though. I said, do you think these guys today care about the margin of victory compared to, say, our generation? I, I think it's fair to say you would win by a larger gap. I would win by a larger gap. Stu would win by a larger gap. Like our generation, I felt like, you know, like, I don't know. I wouldn't say that I wanted to win by 30 seconds, but I wanted to win by as far as I could. Do you feel like this generation is, they don't care as much about that? You know, I think, I think, no. um, I, okay, let's bring Hunter and Jet. I think that they manage the race uh, better than say I would have, or maybe you would have. I, I think yeah, for sure. me, I would, I would, I would send it, to, you know, sprint for twenty minutes, and then I would manage my last ten. Not right. to say these guys aren't doing that, um, but like for me, for example, I had Dunge that I'd pull a whole shot, I'd sprint, I'd get away from him, but I knew that. I couldn't falter more than like half a second a lap because even over 30 plus two, so 38 minutes or 35 minutes, like Dunge was the diesel. It just kept pushing, 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 was never the fastest guy. So, um, so to answer the question, I don't know if it's, uh, if it's, uh, if they really, if they're looking at that, um, I don't know if, if, if there is a difference between the mentality and the thought process of the, of this generation than us. I, I, for, for me, I just, I just, I would go till essentially the checkered flag was out there, make a statement. And it wasn't even that making a statement. I just figured that I grew up riding at 90, say 5% because that was where I knew that I wouldn't make a mistake. I would, if I backed it down to 80%, I felt like I was always told and taught that yeah. riding around at 80% is you're asking for more mistakes at 80 than 90 95 because you're more used to riding at least the way i would had to train to be as as good as i was i had to train at 90 95 percent and that was my sweet spot so 
I didn't train at 80. So to me, to me, riding down at 80% is that I think for me, I was waiting, asking for something to happen, a little tip over a mistake, something that just a brain fart. But if you keep sharp and you stay at 90, 95%, you, I feel like you're not going to have those brain farts or those, those little typical, you know, tip overs and things like that, that could happen. Yeah. I, uh, I, yeah, I just I, like, so I learned this, I've learned it a lot more in the last couple of years, but I kind of took notice and it, and it perked me up when, uh, when we had, when Kenny rode for, uh, Carrie and I at RCH and there were a couple of times in Supercross when, you know, he'd have like a five second gap on Dunge at some races and I would get worried because I'm like, dude, you, you better go. This dude's going to catch you. And you know how strong Dunge is at the end of the races. So, and he would come back. He's like, why do why why do why did I need to win by any more? I was just maintaining that gap. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah, he's like, I wasn't gonna let him catch me. I just I don't need to win by any more than what I was gonna win by. So I'm like, wow, that's crazy. And then now I'm starting to see, you know, like the other guys are are starting to do this. And like mm-hmm. Jet, like when you know he could have threw down harder. He could have won by, he could have won by a a wider margin. I really like, that's why I'm starting to take, take notice. And like, I think it's a real thing. I I really do. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I see. I look at like, Oh, I keep, keep dungeon at five seconds. If you're candy, keep at bay at five seconds. One little mistake though, that costs you half a second. Now you're at four and a half. And like also, then that starts to creep in your head. Like, Oh, okay. Now he's a little closer. And you look, cause you can track them on the track, you know, like, and you're like, yeah. Oh, a little yeah. closer, a little closer. Like now, but if I have a 10 second gap and you're tracking them, you're like, okay, I have a, to me, that's a real gap. That's a breathing yeah. room. That's a gap yeah, at yeah. five seconds. I'm like, okay, I just have enough here. Just enough. I need to keep pushing to get it to 10 to where now that 10 was comfortable for me. Yeah. Um, five wasn't comfortable. Five was just Five is annoying. It's like that fly that flies around and you're just trying to swat at them. To me, right. that was five seconds. Yeah, and you can't slip because, dude, if a lapper mm. gets in your way or you make a mistake, get a little sideways on the track. Five goes to three in two in in, in no time, and now now you now you've got the guy and you've and now you've given him a lifeline. Yep, and yep. I don't like that. No, not even. I think my biggest deal too is very similar. It's just you go, 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 try to build that gap as big as you can. Then towards the end, you know, then you maintain. But one thing that I never wanted to do, especially against a guy like Stu or even Reedy for that matter, is like at the end, if I could see that they were pushing, you know, like kind of gauging, I never wanted them to like put time on me the last two or three laps. So I would try to at least maintain that and and wick it up because i didn't want them to think at the end of the race like oh dude i was catching them i was reeling them in did you ever think like did you ever um i i played the game i i i no i did not to answer your question no i I didn't look at it that way because i always knew that i always would come out thinking that if i can go for the first 20 and just destroy guys like dunge or that didn't happen very often with Stu. but um you know if i could get a gap i knew that that um that was my strong point was is from the gate drop to 20 25 20 minutes you know essentially mm-hmm. um you know and i would build myself that gap there and yeah if it was 15 seconds and they caught me by three you know i looked at like they knew they knew it they knew they got there they knew they got beat they knew that i was bringing it down the last two laps and that's par for the course you're going to get caught a little bit you know so mm-hmm. that's that was my mentality um 
I thought Chase did good this weekend, dude. I thought, I mean, he he's he's a great rider. He's a strong rider. Clearly, he wants to uh, he wants to get up there and contend for wins and and knock knock Jed off the totem pole. I mean, I surely would. I know you would. We're watching this is second moto an epic pass, full commitment by Dylan Ferrandez down one of the fastest straightaways on the track uh, mm-hmm. outside of that back straight. That's that's super rough. But I mean. You know, people ask ask us, I'm sure they ask you, like, what does he need to do? And it's just, dude, it's hard. And you nailed it. You nailed it on the spot last week on, on Title 24. It's like, if he's going to beat anybody, if they're going to beat this guy, they've got to get a good start. They can't let the Jet get up there, or, and Jet has to be back. And he has to execute a perfect race. And, I mean, it's like, I don't know. If I was coaching Chase, I just would think just you just got to keep sticking with it, right? Yeah. And, and then when you're behind him, try to figure out what he's doing better, and just 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 try to keep pushing and pushing. That's really all that you can do, right? Put yourself in good spots and try to latch on and and, and learn. I mean, exactly. Yeah. It's it's it is a hard um, hard thing to do. What can you do better? What can you do different? I, I like we have here. Jet coming up to the old finish line here, and and Chase not far behind him, you know, right there, but. Yeah. Um, you know, you look just for instance, off that single jet jumped another, like five feet longer, you know, going to the next bump, things like that, you know, and is that a comfort is, is he more comfortable on the track or is he more comfortable with the bike? Um, you know, just trying to, trying to be efficient on the motorcycle, you know, and I think watching jet and verse verse watching chase jet just looked like he was a little more comfortable or his bike was a little more planted. And I don't know if that's just body positioning or, you know, they're on it's very similar equipment. I'm not saying they're on the same settings because I know they're not on the same settings, but they're very similar equipment. Um, just the way Hunter, or I mean, jets riding, he's jumping the, ju- the, the bumps, jumping into holes that aren't as deep as the one that he's, that he's jumping over. Um, very calculated decisions on where he's setting the front tire down. Um, He's lighter on the bike for sure. He's lighter on the bike. Yeah. So as for, to your point, like, yes, he just got to keep digging. Like, you know, one of these times, if, if he puts himself in the right position, you know, you got to think if you're chase that he's going to have a faulty start here, you know, one of these times and maybe he won't, but that's what you got to hope for right now and get the pendulum to swing a little bit, get the confidence more on chase's side right now. So, you know, and that just takes by, you know, um, like I said, if, if the pendulum swings, and hunt uh jet gets a bad start puts himself around say eighth tenth place which could very well happen chase gets a whole shot and now you see it, it, it the pendulum has swung a little bit and he runs it down even if chase weren't to win but he battles and he races and he gets to follow um and, and yeah. really stay stick close to him i think the confidence is going to raise on chase and we might see a, a better chase yeah um you know, after that. Yeah. Like chase got to be to your point is he's got to be there every single race. You got, if, if Jack gets a whole shot, dude, you can't be fourth the first lap. You've got to be second as quick as possible. Right. And it's got to happen every single race. And that's going to be your best opportunity. And then maybe then when that happens, you know, maybe Jet's thinking, okay, now I have to send it a little bit more to build that gap earlier. If he's going to be second every single lap, kind of just puts a little bit more pressure. Like we're saying, as far as the riding, it's, it's tough. It's tough. It's going to, there's no two ways about it, dude. You know, look, I think he's doing his work. You know, like I said, he's doing, he's doing what he needs to do at home. There's really right now, Jet's just on another level. He's got to, 
he's got to just keep doing what he's doing and, 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 and good things will come. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. It's just not. Yeah. Now, now you know what it was like with everyone racing you. So <laughs> it's like, it's, I mean, really there's, and there's no magic answers, dude. You know it better than anyone. I know it better than anybody. I mean, you, you know, hard work is, uh, there's no substitute for hard work. And, you know, yes, you have to have a little bit of luck and, you know, and, and there's nothing wrong with getting beat by a guy like Jet. You know, he's a dude. He's a great he's a phenomenal rider. I mean, look at like MC. Look at you, me, Stu, Reedy. I mean, dude, we we all were great riders, you know, like there's nothing up just because you got beat by these guys multiple, multiple times doesn't mean that you suck. No, you got to keep pushing. I think, and, and like I said, it's going to happen. You know, I think yeah. uh, it's just going to take this one time, one race where, where, you know, chase, chase, build some confidence and, and, um, you know, cause right now let's face it, jets on a high man. His, the wave he's riding is, is cool, calm and collected and, and he's getting perfect scores right now. So it's pretty hard to, 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 to beat a guy like that or knock a guy off of, of, of the top of the totem pole because, Everything's just going his way right now. And he's put in number one, he's putting himself there. He's putting himself in great positions to yeah. be able to be on top of that step. Yeah. So our, our watchers and, and listeners, uh, trust me, I think we all want to see him maybe get a bad start one time and, and work up through the field. We love to see guys put to the test, right? Like I want to see him put to the test. If he's got to start last or start mid pack and chase be up front, like, dude, I, I want to see that just as bad as you do. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, Chris underscore Soffer um, asks, how do you feel about Masterpool being up there and running with the 23, the 14 and the seven? Uh, I think it's awesome. I think he looks really comfortable on his motorcycle. Uh, he looked pretty good this weekend as well. Now he has done it consistently. So it's no fluke. Uh, yeah, dude, he's riding yeah, man. and <laughs> confidence. Uh, what, what do you think? That's what I think. What do you think? Mm, no, I think, um, you know, this was a big question. You see, why not? Why isn't Ty Masterpool on a factory ride? Why doesn't somebody give him a seat? All these things. Well, you know, you got to take into consideration. A lot of guys can go out and, and we know Ty's fast. You know, he's rode for star racing at, at a couple in a couple other different, really good teams um, through his journey so far. And, and, uh, but this is like, to your point, like I brought this up on the deal. Uh, on our tech, our group text for, for the fans listening, you were like, well, what do you think for topics? And I'm like, well, I think Ty Masterball has to be a topic. And the reason why I say he, uh, he should be is three different tracks, three different, way different, three different track conditions. You know, we got Southwick this last weekend, we had high point and Colorado and, and, and red bud for, you know, so he's putting himself in that position every single weekend. Now, does it warrant a factory ride? Um, I don't know if it warrants a factory ride. It doesn't warrant a fill-in ride. I think if, there, if there's a fill-in ride available, um, yes, it does warrant a fill-in ride. But here's the other thing: you you go and take put yourself, and you pull a pull him out of his his where he's comfortable, and you put right. him in a factory truck. Um, his results may not be um, as good, and why I say that is because now it's not that the team's putting any more pressure on him. It's it's basically that he's putting all this pressure on himself to perform because now he's on a factory bike. Um, I feel like, you know, in the, in the scenario he's in right now, he's very, very comfortable scenario. We've got his people around him. Um, and he's putting, he's putting the Kawasaki up, up front battling with these factory rides. 
So I think for him, if he can start keep doing what he's doing till the end of the season, build these, build the confidence. Um, and if he gets a ride at the end of the season, then I think he'll be in a better position mentally, um, you know, to, to be able to handle a factory ride. Not that he he's faltered in the past. I'm just, I've seen these and you've seen these guys in the past, yep. like that will, they crush it on, on a privateer kind of setting, you know, a privateer setting. And then they go to the, for, go to the factory. Team and you and have to struggle. perform when you have, you to, have perform. to perform. Exactly. So yep. I, I'm stoked for him. He's riding well, yeah. he's putting it up there. He's giving it to these factory boys. You know, I think, I think as big as, as much as we need to talk about Ty Masterpool, we kind of need to talk about the guys that are, that are, that are on factory teams that are, not doing as well as they probably should be in, in racing with this privateer guy, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, it doesn't look good when you got, when lot. you got the, the semis and the trucks and the, and the deal, and you got a guy running around, you know, whooping, whooping some ass on that thing, you know, on that, <laughs> on that, on that privateer bike, you know, you know, I know Raj is probably not so happy. No, no, you know, Raj for sure. Raj wouldn't be it. Uh, it is, it is, there is more pressure when it comes to being on a factory bike, Ty knows that their family's been in racing forever. Uh, their, their mom and dad, his, his dad competed at a, an extremely high level as well in other disciplines. And, but, but another thing too, I feel like, and part of this RV is, you know, why doesn't he get a factory opportunity? Maybe for a fill in probably would have been manageable, but if you're a factory team manager, whatever it might be, Ty has got to perform in Supercross. Let's, there's no, I mean, we, there's no. As super- much as I love outdoors, 80% of our racing is Supercross. It hey, is it, what it is. Jeremy Martin, for, I was having a conversation with someone about Jeremy Martin. Actually, I was having a conversation about a, with a flagger this week. And uh, I was watching practice early on. He's like, dude, what about like Jeremy Martin? And how is it? Why did he stay down in the 250 class? for so long. And uh, I was hanging out with uh, Jason Thomas and we were talking with this guy. He's like, well, it wasn't like he had a million opportunities to ride 450. And I mean, you, you, you have to be able to win and run up front at the high level, at the elite level. And if you don't, that's, that's, it's just not a good look. So those are the things in my mind you know, when you're going to go sign someone to a factory ride at the premier level, you have to put up results in Supercross. You're not going to hire you to not put up results in Supercross. That's the primary focus. Mm-hmm. It is. It's just it comes it comes down the totem pole from. I from hate the to say it, but dude, and I love these guys. I have a tremendous amount of respect for a lot of these guys, RV. But yeah, that's where it's at, dude. Straight up. I 100% agree. It is. It is what it is. You have to. You have to be able to pre- really perform in Supercross um, because that is a big part of of that. That's like I said. It's an 80-20 split, and kind of how I look at it. It's if you need to perform 80% of the time in in Supercross and 20% outdoors. Really, if you're if you can perform 80% of your gate drops in Supercross inside the top 10 and really like you know uh, putting some good races on in Supercross that's going to secure you really a ride for free as long as you kind of um, are racing. In, in my opinion, if you're up running top fives in the 450 class, but you're maybe like an eighth and ninth place guy outdoors, you're going to have yourself a factory ride because 100%. based on TV time, you know, you, you, there's more money to make in supercross all the above for, for supercross because it's the, it's the, it's the, the highest, highest platform 
you know, don't get me wrong. I love outdoors, but, um, it's just where the manufacturers have taken it. It's not the riders. It's, it's, you know, supercross. There's more emphasis on, on that. I think, I think to help Ty's case and to maybe get a, maybe get a shot. Remember he's a bit on star Yamaha. So to get a second shot, which is rare, especially in the 450 class. A lot of these guys are already locked in for next year. He's able to continue to do what he's doing to your point. And that was great. Uh, a great read on he's done great in all conditions at this juncture. If he can do well in the SMX uh, playoffs, that will certainly help him. And will per they will perk up the other teams without a doubt. hundred percent, you know, and I think here's the other thing. It's not, uh, you know, who's to say he's, he's not going to go to, and look, I, I'm going to throw a, a, a wild card in here. Um, you know, he's, he's supercross has always been kind of a question mark for him. Um, but there's other forms of racing. I mean, what about going to Europe and racing over there? If he's truly an outdoor guy and really wants to stick to, to doing outdoors and, and, uh, not bother with supercross. I haven't, I don't know that I haven't talked to him. Don't know if that's what they're, what, how they think, but let's say that's, that's the way it is. There's other platforms, other places to go and race that are outdoor based only yep. and, uh, and, and have a hell of a career and still be able to come back in and, and have your primary racing here in, in the United States and race outdoors, but go supplement from other places and, and, uh, and do that. Like even Canada, you know, like, um, you, he have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney world? Like, Hey, we came to play. Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Cause we came to play at Walt Disney world resort. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939 ebay motors is here for the ride with some elbow grease and a whole lot of love you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own led headlights spoilers whatever you need ebay motors has it at affordable prices and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply learn so much i can guarantee you that yeah, I can guarantee yeah, you going, totally. going outside of the U.S., even to Canada, you know, he would lose yeah. or uh, uh, learn, a, learn a ton. Yeah, yeah. All right, dude, that's a, that's a lot for the Southwick recap. But to your point, like we were talking yesterday on the group text, there was just there was just so much happening, so much to talk about. Quad lot question of the week. I'm sure everyone that uh, watches Title 24 listens to RV and I. You guys know where we're going with this, uh, but quad lock question of the week comes from Ryan and Driesen 115. And they ask, what do you think about Cooper Webb leaving KTM? You want the first crack at it or wait, wait, you, you want? I'll let you, I'll let you have the first crack at it. Okay. I mean, listen, the beginning of the end was 2000 and beginning of 2022 when he didn't want to be at the Baker's factory anymore. You hear that a lot, you know, like some, some of, you know, what goes on over there, it doesn't gel for everyone. He was ready to do his own thing. It didn't go well. 
So basically they gave him an ultimatum from what I know, and I could be completely wrong. They're like, Hey, you either go back to the Baker factory or you don't get a ride for 23. So he plays their game. They go back to, he goes back to Baker factory. He did better straight up. Obviously he was in title contention for the Supercross championship. Uh, Ian Harrison said what he was only supposed to do Supercross only. Then he, uh, Decided after he got hurt at Nashville a couple weeks later, he wanted to do pro motocross championship. So with all that said, I think, again, I think the beginning of the end was when he left to go to 2022. I don't think that KTM had any other real good choices to put anyone on for 23. That's why they gave him the ultimatum for this year. And, and, and he played the, played the game. So does this come as a surprise to me? Absolutely not. I'm not going to sit here and tell you guys where, uh, where he's going. It's pretty simple. Um, if you use your brain, they, you, you, you can put the pieces together. Right. So, um, I don't know. I think it, it, it's a weird deal. Um, I don't, I, I don't like the way that it was handled, not necessarily from, from Coop's side, I think, uh, from KTM side. And, uh, yeah, I think, it's a bummer for it's a bummer for Coop, and this is why, because he was in a great spot for SMX uh, World uh, Super, the the championship playoffs, and now he uh, if if he's even going to have an opportunity to race SMX championship on another manufacturer, you know, like he's going to be so far behind in points, he's basically going to have to win all the three rounds. Now the double points and the triple points is certainly going to help that, but I just, I don't know. I, I don't like it. I don't like the position that anyone, anyone was in on that deal. It sucks. It, uh, yeah, it just, it's weird. It's, it's weird. And I don't like how like we can, what we no no one can say where he's going. You know what I mean? Like well, I'm going to say he's going to start racing. Yeah. Well, I mean, what's, what like what what's the big secret about that? That's what I can't stand about our sport. And I've been on that side, dude, where I had to keep this secret when I wasn't going to Honda or when I wasn't going to re-sign with Cowie. It it sucks so bad. But dude, let's let's move on down the like let let's just go. Let let if you go into Star Yamaha, let Star take advantage of that. You yep. know what I mean? Like let let him take advantage of it and and get your money's worth. KTM, you've got your money's worth out of him. He performed for you guys. He did really really well. Like other sports, yes. So if he can't say anything, like like, and he's going there, is that because what like KTM doesn't want to get Yamaha to get a jump start on their marketing? That sucks. So you yeah, know, what? no, I'm sorry, Yamaha, and the roles are reversed. I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to play that game. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I do. Somebody asked me about that this weekend about the coop thing. And I said, you got to remember also too, they had a, there was, you know, there was a working with Eldon championships, not working with Eldon, then made to go back to work with Eldon um, and things like over. that. And, and I do agree. That's where it started. Um, you know, and I think that, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting to see, you know, I think it's just a different mentality. I'll, I'll, you explained a lot, a lot of really good things, but I, I'm going to, I'll explain a little more from the racer side of it. I'm, I'm just surprised that, um, and, and, and look, maybe it's because I'm, 
and maybe I'm way off topic or way wrong on this, but I'm 30 going to be 35 this year. And, um, you know, you don't think your career goes by fast. And everybody used to always tell me, you know, Rick Johnson, Jeff, you know, Stanton, you know, a lot of, a lot of, a lot of older guys, oh, blank, man, it's going to go by and it'll be over. And, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, you're stuck inside that toilet bowl of, 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 of the, of our, our industry and you feel like it's, it, it's not going by very fast, you know, you, days are long and, and tough, but man, now being retired, you're like, dude, I only raced for 10 years. I've already been retired for almost, um, it'll be eight or nine coming up, you know, for me. And, um, I look at it from a, from a revenue standpoint, man, I have to, I'm going to bring it up, bring up this side of it is just like, man, I feel like you're, he's, he's leaving a lot on the table, um, and maybe it's what he has to do mentally and physically to keep going. Um, but I also see like, he's got a deal. He's signed up. If you're going to go racing, go racing to the fullest. Um, just don't pop in and pop out. Um, you know, I'm sure. Look, here's well, maybe not we left. don't. Yeah. Maybe it, here's what I was just going to say here is politics. We, as none of us, not me, not you, nobody knows what actually what are the politics involved in this? So maybe they, maybe they aren't letting him go. Maybe it was a nasty divorce, a breakup. You know, we don't know what the scenario is because from KTM standpoint, we see their press release. Um, from Coop standpoint, we see, we see thanks for the, the, for the last five years and the X amount of championships and the race wins and boom, and that's it. And everybody else is in the dark. We're all in the dark after that point. So, um, but also too, Ricky, our job is to to stir the pot a little bit, to speculate, to see. Well, to I can see what tell we can you this much: here. You're, you're exactly right. And but w w again, we don't know we don't know the meat and the exact details, and we're going speculation here. We're going opinion based, and I hate opinion based on stuff like this. I'd rather be fact based here on title mm -hmm. four, but just trying to read between the lines. If 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 he can't race then obviously I, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he would want to race. I feel like he's a competitor. Maybe he's forced to take the time off. Maybe KTM's like, nope, you can't. We're going to do this. We're going to sever our ties. And But if you want to do this, you're not allowed to race, and we're going to hold you to it until whenever. No, that could be very well. I got to talk to some some um, people this weekend um, and pretty close to that scenario there, and it seemed like um, – from what he was telling me. And I feel like I have a pretty good relationship with the individual. Um, it seemed like it was actually okay. Like they were okay with it and vice versa. He was okay with it. It was time to, it was a, it was a nice departing. Like it wasn't, it wasn't this nasty divorce scenario. Um, it seemed like it was a kind of a mutual agreement, put it that way is, is, is what I was kind of told. That's um, yeah. All right. Well, that, that makes me happy then. Well, I mean, it makes me, makes it a little better for me. Like I'm not as bummed. That's good. Could you imagine though? Just imagine this dude. If he lines up for SMX playoffs and he goes and wins the damn thing on a different, on a different manufacturer. So, uh, I mean, it's going to be unbelievable. So the dude. odds of that happening, I don't know, but here's the other thing I think Ricky, that guys always forget too is, and look, I don't have, I guess I can't really speak on it very well, but I can but I do know that he's going to, he's going to have to deal with a different set of problems over at, at star. 
um, different style of politics or different politics or different bike issues. Um, if he's complaining about the forks on the KTM or the front end on the KTM, the Yamaha is going to do something completely different that he's not going to like. Maybe it's the mm-hmm. rear end of the motorcycle. Um, Maybe it's the power. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, mm-hmm. so you know, w- the the story of the grass is greener, always greener on the other side is 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 a lot of times isn't true. I mean, you you're a per- probably a perfect example. I'm sure you can talk to man. This is you know when you left Cowie, you went to Honda. went to Honda. Um, you know, uh, they all were different, dude. They were all were different. They all did d- things differently, uh, d- uh, better in different scenarios, and vice versa. I mean, you can speak to that. Dude, hey, there was – hey, when I left Cowie and I went to Honda, there were a lot of things that I liked about Honda, but there were times in 02 when I was racing RV where I'm like, dude, I, I wish I was on my Cowie right now because it would be epic right here, right? <laughs> and, then, and then when I was at Honda and I went to Suzuki, I went to Suzuki. They were fully committed. They are going to support me. The money was right. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the support, the race support was going to be absolutely awesome. They were rolling the red carpet out for me and we we're going to have everything at our disposal. And, and they did, they were completely prepared. Um, but then there were times where like, damn dude, I wish I was on that 2004 CRF 450. It would be so good. So absolutely. The green is never, the, the grass is never greener. Uh, I think where Coop is at, and this is how I would be RV is where he's at in his career he's longer in a tooth i would and i feel like coop probably knows that the grass isn't always greener as far as the bike goes i would be doing a deal more based on the person the team personnel and if i got along with the team and i liked the team because that's like to me that's what would be more important at this stage of my career rather than the bike as much I 100% agree. That's where I was think, starting to drum up uh, something in my head about that. It's going to come down to to um, less of a core. It's it's a private team backed by a factory, right? It's like a pro circuit um, yep. a Kawasaki mm-hmm. instead of factory Cowie, right? So as for the politics, heavy. as yeah. for the politics, and as how they run their team, um, definitely probably not as as uh, you know corporate. It's just not as corporate. It's a privately owned motorcycle team. So um, to your point of, yes, picking picking your last stint, if it's two or three years, whatever whatever that contract is that, that he has signed, um, it's picking where are you going to be, I think, the happiest, number one, and a very, very close r- race for second would be, um, you know, can I win on the machine also, in which it's been proven on Star Racing this one, literally the last – um, I mean, they've been winning for the, yeah, exactly. The last almost 10 years here, 250 and now the 450 class. So we know he's got a good platform. Um, and, and hopefully this is what he needs less, less politics, less corporate, um, and just more, a little more fun environment. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. Like, yeah, if this is his final deal, boom, you're going to, he's going to be able to enjoy himself. And this is where the quality of his life and his career will be, I feel will be much better. They have a great history together. You know, they backed him early on. He's won championships for them. There's a, you know, there's a bond there. Like I I can guarantee you that like, if I could go back and do anything different with my career, I would have loved to leave. I left on top, which was, which is something that I wanted to do, which is awesome. But I would have loved to leave on top, but also without, I'll say it. I had a little bit of a bitter taste, you know, at the end of it, I was just burnt out. I was over it. You know, there was some politics involved. Um, 
and that's that's a that's a huge bummer, right? That's a that's a huge bummer to to totally. leave um, your industry or your racing career with a bitter taste in your mouth. Um, and you know, essentially, where from 16, 15 to to twenty seven, yeah. where you have developed and built all these friendships and won all these races and championships and made a name for yourself. And now in the hall of fame, you left that, you know, that last season, that last, that the last time you were ever out there with a little bit of a bitter taste. Now the bitter taste is gone. I've been retired for a while and, and love being back at the races and hanging out with everybody, but Thank I would have loved to leave then without that taste. Right. Totally. Well, we can't turn back the clock. You're right. Hey, <laughs> Ryan, Ryan and Driesen, 115, that is exactly why you won the quad lock case of the week. It was a great question. It was something that we all could elaborate on. RV telling his side and, and telling some of his personal sides as well as mine. And uh, so thank you very much for being a loyal listener and follower. And we appreciate you. Um, slide into our DM. We'll get you lined up with quad lock and uh, get you all sorted out for, for your stuff. I think you'll be totally pumped on it. I'm getting ready for my adventure ride. Starts uh, adventure, uh, let's hear, August 1st, I believe we ride. Uh, Ray Butts from United Motorsports is coming. You need to check out United Motorsports. By the way, unitedmotorsports.com. He's going to be joining us. They got everything you could ever need. Uh, I got a promo code. Promo code. It's uh, Title 24, and it's site-wide for 10% off. So make sure you use that. You can use that at Quadlock at United Motorsports <clears throat> and uh, Boxo as well. Uh, Boxo USA great partner of ours we are uh, they got an awesome like a, a tool bag that we put on our um, our adventure toolkit that we put on uh, the back of our motorcycles that uh, has everything that you need for you know if, if you have like a flat or just just little gadgets and tools that you'll need um, I'm gonna send you one RV so you'll be you'll be ready to go next time right. you go need that. It'll be a lot of fun we're gonna uh, fly into Grand Junction. We're going to uh, Bryce Canyon, Zion. We're going to end up in Vegas. Probably have some beverages when we get to Vegas because I'll be smoked. Uh, we're going to the Grand Canyon as well. And uh, so I'm looking forward to that. But uh, we've got the great partners to, to make that happen. So we appreciate you guys. Remember, don't forget about that promo code TITLE24 for 10% off. I know everyone wants to save a little bit of money. Millville. I love Millville. Do you like Millville? I do like Millville. I think it's spring going Creek. to be, what do we have here? It's the spring Creek. It's going to be 82 with a high of 53 humidity. So oh. man, if that, if that uh, temperature rises, a you little going? Bit are more, you going dude? I'm not going. No, I'm not going. So um, if that 82 gets up into the, into the high eighties and we have 53% humidity, that's going to be another scorcher. Um, you know, thunder showers. This is another one that tends to, you know, we tend to have it's kind of like a 50, 50 chance of rain. It seems like every year when we yeah. go to Millville, when it doesn't, Millville is always an awesome track to go to and watch yeah. now with the new, what's that monster, that massive Hill they have. I forget the name of it. Um, we, we, Mount, we didn't have what that is hill. It Mount Martin. Is it Mount yeah, Martin? That's what it is. Mount Martin. Yeah. So we didn't get to race that. So that's really good for TV for the fans to, to check out really good, just a good track. So I think, um, the weather's going to potentially play a factor. Um, but if not, I think you see, you know, uh, I think you see uh, Tom, I think Tom's going to be, Tom's going to be good at, good at, um, good there. Yes, I do. Yeah. I think, uh, 
I think it's going to be awesome. Here's one reason. I feel like Millville RV is very similar to, to Redbud. It has a lot of elements that all motocross tracks have. It, it's got some fun jumps. It's got way more way more elevation than Redbud, but it's got some great rut corners. It's got sand rollers, some pretty cool jumps. Not as jumpy as, as, as Redbud, uh, but I've always been – I've always loved Millville just because it's very similar to, to my old place, the goat farm. So uh, I love it. I think it's a great racetrack. Uh, we had some questions from our fans about uh, talking about MXON this year and who, who should we send and who would be our picks. And I feel like it's in Arne this year. You've been Arne. Um, I, I have, have never rode there, but you went there. Haven't? No, I never rode. Oh, um, dude, it's an epic track. It is so – dude, it's so rad. So it's very similar to um, – it's very similar to Millville this weekend. So I would like to see, I think whoever does well in Millville, we should strongly consider those as our candidates for the MXON. That's why, because the tracks are very similar. So, I mean, honestly, I think we got to figure out our, um, obviously I think you got to probably send chase, right? I mean, like you said, we can, we will really, but I think our lights class is already picked. And I think in our, my opinion, so <laughs> yeah, I think yeah. so. All right. Well, so we'll have to dissect that next next week after after. Yeah, uh, I think I think that 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 I, I think that's uh, what I'm looking forward to. It's going to be a, a great racetrack. Be fun to see if Tom can back up his. Uh, no doubt, if Tom can back up that great performance, it'll be fun. Hey, this is another opportunity for these guys to try to take down Jet. Anything can happen. Ricky, you know what? That was interesting. Just to 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 talk tom one more time is man it was a it was a scorcher at at southwick and and the heat didn't get to him a lot of the europeans you know they it takes them a little bit to get uh to get acclimated to the heat and man both motos he was he was up there so that was that was interesting to see definitely well, helped Baker factory got him tip top shape dude you know that that's right it must be that hey, florida weather that's right no hey there's no I know. For hard work. You know, Eldon's has them out there just banging out the motos, bro. That's right. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt about that. Um, all right. Big motor, uh, big week on motorsports. NBC here. Always make sure you uh, start with SMX Insider with Weegeon JT. That comes out Thursday at 2 p.m. on YouTube. Uh, let's see here. We got NASCAR Xfinity in New Hampshire. That's 2.30 on USA. The NTT IndyCar Series, Streets of Toronto. That's on Peacock. That's Sunday, 1.30 p.m. I can't wait for that. Uh, 2 p.m. Uh, on Sunday, World Superbike, the Italian Round. That's on CNBC. And of course, the NASCAR Cup Series, New Hampshire. I love that track, by the way. So I'll be going back and forth between that and the IndyCar. And then, of course, the Pro Motocross is uh, at Spring Creek. Race Day Live starts at 11 a.m. on Peacock, 2 p.m., Eastern on NBC. So make sure you check that out. Uh, very similar uh, as to Southwick. So uh, I cannot wait. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure you guys tune in and uh, it's going to be going off. You can always watch stuff on uh, Peacock as well. So uh, that's going to do it. That was a long one. RV. Hopefully everyone enjoys this. A lot of insight, a lot of meat. Like I said, this was a, this was a good one. No, it was. Yeah. I think it's the longest one so far hour three. So hopefully the fans are digging it. Oh yeah. I think I, man, um, <laughs> it was good. I was 
definitely a, definitely a good one and love to love to get on every monday yeah yeah we appreciate it well i'm gonna i'm gonna miss you uh everyone thank you so much for uh for all the support dude we had a lot of questions this week a ton some great ones sorry we couldn't get to to all of them but there was just so there's just so much content that we wanted to share with you guys and it was uh it was it was good so sorry we didn't get to it but we will uh on a lighter weekend when there's not as much drama to talk about we will uh we'll knock them out but uh thanks for all the questions uh be sure to subscribe wherever you uh listen to your podcast make sure you uh yeah subscribe like and then of course you can always watch it it's on demand, of course, in Motorsports on NBC's YouTube page. We're also there, and uh, we're going to do it again next Monday. going to be hard to believe if, if we have more content, uh, as much content next week as we had this week. So, Let's so, hope. Yeah. Let's all we can do is hope. That's right. Well, everyone have a good week. RV, you have a good week. All right. We thank you, guys. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispie, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.